I want to ask you a personal question. Do you read my newsletter, Leadership Forward 321? Because if you don't, I really think you'd like it if you like this podcast. Every Wednesday morning, I send a short newsletter designed to help you lead your organization more strategically and with less overwhelm in five minutes or less. The newsletters are organized around a timely leadership theme and give you something practical that you can apply right away in your organization. I include three of the best articles that I've come across on that theme, two concrete resources or tools that I believe in, and one quote to inspire and motivate you. So if you don't yet get the newsletter, I'm going to make it super easy for you to sign up. Just text the word IMPACT to 66866 and you'll be added to my list. Thanks. Hi. Welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. And none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community, to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together. So welcome to the mastermind. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, hello. So there is a lot of exciting stuff brewing over here. I'm really excited about this month. There's just really cool stuff that I'm working on and that's launching and really cool people I'm partnering with and some great podcast episodes coming out both on this podcast, The Nonprofit Mastermind, and I am guesting on really cool other podcasts. So there's just like a lot of fun stuff happening this month. I will highlight a few of the things. So first, something I get really, really happy about every single time this happens, I am opening the doors to my next level nonprofit accelerator program at the end of this month. So I just did a podcast episode last week, walking through why I started the accelerator program to provide support and coaching and training specifically for leaders of nonprofits that are growing and why I decided years ago that that was a population of people that I really wanted to dedicate myself to supporting. I remember my own experience as a nonprofit founder and leader trying to grow my organization, feeling like I was throwing spaghetti against the wall and benefiting tremendously from the mentorship and guidance of peer coaches and expert leadership coaches. So my accelerator program is an opportunity to partner with me to have my help growing your organization. If that sounds good to you, you can fill out the brief application. It's an application only program at richiebabbage.com backslash next level nonprofit application. You can fill out an application and it will come directly to me and we can chat. We can chat on Zoom. You can send your questions and I can bring you up to speed 
on what it would mean to have my eyes on your nonprofit and the support of me and the coaches in my program to actually get you as a leader in your organization to the next level, whatever that means for you. So that is really exciting. Doors open later this month. You can apply to be added to the wait list now at richiebabbage.com backslash next level nonprofit application. Second really exciting piece of news, my 100th episode is coming up, 100 episodes. I'm not going to celebrate now because I haven't actually gotten there yet, but it is coming in the next few weeks. And to celebrate, I am launching a coffee and coaching call for anybody that submits a review between now and the 100th episode, which is in two weeks. So submit a review, shoot me an email at brooke at brookerichiebabbage.com. comes right to me and say, I just left you a review and let's have coffee and coaching. We will do a free coaching session. Well, you don't have to drink coffee. I'm calling it coffee and coaching. You could also have a glass of wine or a glass of tea or just show up and get coaching. So submit a review for this podcast on Apple. It's super easy to do. It does not have to be long. I love hearing what folks think and finding out the specific ways that this podcast is useful to folks. Once you submit a review, shoot me an email and let's chat. And then finally, equally as exciting, I am building out the street team for my drum roll, please, upcoming book. I'm releasing a book later this year. Also very excited about this. I feel like I keep using the word excited because I really am. They're just fun things that, I, um, that I'm working on. So there's way more to come on this topic, but if you would like to join my book launch team, you'll get an early copy of the book. There are lots of other fun bonuses. We'll do some in-person stuff. Shoot me a direct message on LinkedIn. That's where I hang out or an email, brooke at brookerichiebabbage.com with book in the subject and join the crew. I will be talking more and more about this as we get closer, what it means to be on the street team, what's coming up in the book. We're going to do some great podcast interviews with some of the people that will be featured in my book. So I'm super, super excited. Okay. So those are my updates, the accelerator program, coffee and coaching for my hundredth episode and my book street team. Shoot me an email, definitely apply for the accelerator if you are an ED of a growing organization and stay tuned for my hundredth episode. Okay. So today's episode, today's episode is a direct reflection of a theme that has been coming up a lot in, in particular, my coaching accelerator calls, but also in direct messages that I've been getting on LinkedIn a lot. I take notes during all of my weekly coaching accelerator calls. I listen to the questions, I group them into themes, and I use that and the emails and the DMs that I get to drive my content for this podcast, for the webinars and trainings that I do, and for the curriculum inside of my accelerator program. So I listen really carefully to what is really present for people. And one of the themes that comes up all the time is this question around who do I hire next and how do I add to my team to build capacity? So I want to talk about this messy process of figuring out exactly who to hire next for your organization. 
Now, if hiring is top of mind for you in particular, I actually have an entire HR bundle, including model policies and templated documents in the areas of hiring, onboarding, compensation, performance management, and even dispute resolution. You can get that bundle at richiebabbage.com backslash HR bundle. Really easy to remember. So if hiring in particular or HR stuff is something that you're really, really focused on and you'd like some done for you policies, some really great best in practice templates and models, definitely check out the bundle richiebabbage.com backslash HR bundle. So I cannot emphasize this enough. When you are thinking about building capacity on your team, role mapping and hiring are two of the most important elements of the growth of your organization as you are building your capacity. Understanding the work that is needed, role mapping, and hiring the right people, building the right team. You won't grow if you don't get this right. And unfortunately, a lot of the folks that I work with have a hard time with one or both of these. And that makes sense. I actually work with quite a few founders and people who are growing organizations through phases. And honestly, one of the trickiest things about knowing who to hire next, doing the role mapping and doing the hiring is that the answers to who's the next best person or what do I need on this team change as the organization grows. So you could actually be really great at building a nimble, flexible team that is made up of a constellation of volunteers and independent contractors and full-time people who each have sort of their own lane. And that team looks like one thing. And then you add $400,000 and a few more funders and your program grows and the work becomes more highly differentiated within your organization and you need a totally different team and the roles that you thought you understood have shifted some have disappeared new ones have appeared and hiring looks different so these two processes are related right role mapping and hiring and they're really really critical elements as you think about growing so i want to share a framework that i've developed a way to think about figuring out your next right hire that has helped me over decades of hiring and that i use to guide my hiring and role mapping and capacity building advice and coaching inside of my accelerator so the first step is you want to zoom out what do I mean by this? You want to get clear about what the work is that needs to be done within the organization to move you in the direction of your strategic vision. That's going to give you critical insight into the data points that you need to make the next right hire so that your hiring is not in reaction to or reactionary. It is actually strategic and intentional. So zooming out is the first part of this framework. It's the first step. Now, most people make the mistake of hiring new people to address the most urgent problems right in front of them. The challenges that are causing the most pain in real time. And that may be important, but it's often not strategic. You avoid this mistake by zooming out and getting clear about what the organization actually needs in order to grow, in order to get to the next best stage in its development, and in order to maintain stable capacity. 
Now, if you hire a bunch of people to help with immediate program needs, for example, but you don't invest in help to manage the payroll for all of these new people that you're employing, or invest in support to manage the 15 new community partnerships that are absolutely vital to the organization's role in your community, then you're actually underinvesting in capacity over the long haul, even if your short-term needs are being met. So you want to be intentional about calibrating short-term urgency with longer-term investment in the kind of staff capacity that will sustain you and support healthy growth. So once we know we need to zoom out, the next thing you want to do is create a responsibility map. Now, some people call this a role map. I referenced at the beginning of this episode, role mapping. It's basically a high-level depiction of the roles that you need to be filled at the organization like an ideal organizational chart or staffing chart if you were fully staffed the way that you would want to be. Now, here's the thing. Another mistake that people make a lot is hiring for titles or hiring for specific roles. We need someone to do social media and communications, so we're going to hire a communications person. We need someone who's really good at finances, so we're going to hire a finance person. The problem with that is that you can very easily, particularly while your organization is in a growth phase, wind up with a bloated team and people locked into sets of tasks that don't accurately reflect the nuance of an entire workflow or the ebb and flow of responsibilities. So instead of a more traditional role map, I actually recommend mapping responsibilities or the areas of work to be done within your organization first. Then organize those responsibilities into the roles that you'll need to fill. This will allow you to think about what you need without initially clouding your vision by thinking about a specific person in your organization who already has a similar role or thinking about titles and positions you may have seen in other organizations. Starting with responsibilities first also allows you to identify creative ways to organize the work when your team is small and your capacity is limited. This process can invite space or push you, if you need it, to think about different staffing structures, different role categories than you would have considered ordinarily. Temporary staff, consultants, constellations of different kinds of part-time staff, things that can be handed to a board member or a junior board or volunteer, et cetera. Now, as you identify and map responsibilities, make sure to think honestly and critically about your own role. If you're an executive director, you have to bake yourself into this responsibility mapping process. You wanna make sure that you build into the assessment of what the organization needs a clear and accurate and honest picture of the parts of your own work that should no longer be owned by you as you grow. You want to ask yourself, what low leverage tasks should I be letting go of to make room for relationship development, fundraising, and other high leverage tasks? Also ask at the same time, where's my zone of genius? What should I not let go of, even if it takes my time, because I am uniquely well positioned on my team to do this work? So both questions are really, really important. Now, I did a fun episode on the three list strategies for carving back your time last September, September 27th of 2022. And I'll include a link to that episode in the show notes on my website. 
in that episode, I basically highlight a process for deciding what you should be delegating and spreading around, which is particularly important to revisit and to be honest about as your organization grows and your own role changes. So map your responsibilities, include the responsibilities for the organization, including your own, and then organize them into roles, right? Once you have the responsibilities, organize and group them into roles. So that's the third step. This is where you will start to see, hmm, who do we need to be hiring here? Now, I recommend doing this on Post-its for two reasons. One, I think almost everything about planning should be done on Post-its because they're fun. The actual practical reason is because you can group things creatively when you use small bite-sized thoughts, right? Post-its allow you to think in bite sizes. And it actually, in really, really important ways, frees your brain up to move ideas around in a more creative way than if you are writing sort of on a piece of paper or in a really linear way. You may want to organize certain fundraising responsibilities, for example, with social media. And that becomes a role, like a development and communications associate. The same fundraising responsibilities could be grouped in an entirely different way. You could group them instead with database entry and admin tasks. And that's a totally different role, like an executive assistant. You could separate out the fundraising responsibilities and look at them and realize, oh, these are actually mostly short-term. So I'm actually gonna hire a part-time temporary development consultant or part-time temporary development associate for six months just to you know, prepare us for our annual report. Same responsibilities can be grouped into different roles based on your capacity, how you can hire, who you have on your team currently. Right? You get to create a map of roles that reflects what your organization needs in the short term and calibrated over time. Right. So starting with responsibilities and then organizing and grouping them into roles allows you to see on a huge canvas what needs to be done and how can I think creatively about getting that work done, about hiring for roles that people need to hold within the organization. Now, the way that this helps you figure out who you're going to hire next is it begins to highlight for you how you might be able to group urgent short-term needs into a longer-term capacity building hire. So to that point, the last part of this process, once you have a clear picture of the roles that you need to hire for, I highly recommend thinking about hiring for ownership rather than purely for execution. By this, I mean hire as high up in your workflow as possible. This is often a shift for growing organizations, the shift from hiring mostly or purely for execution, people to get things done, to hiring for ownership, people to hold the thinking and the planning. Now, I have been here. I have been in the just starting out early in my hiring. I needed people to actually just write the emails, do the social media, go to the meetings, develop the curriculum, do the work. But as I scaled, as I grew, 
as the responsibilities became more nuanced and in some ways more technically requiring sort of more technical proficiency, I couldn't own all of the workflows. They couldn't all report back up to me. I couldn't do the visioning and the strategizing and even the planning for everything from fundraising to communications to partnership development to curriculum development. It just didn't work. So when you hire for execution, you're still ultimately accountable for the final outcomes at the top of the workflow. And that quickly translates into having a lot of people to meet with and manage and a lot of a very heavy mental load. What hiring for ownership means is looking at an entire workflow, right, an entire grouping of responsibilities and hiring as high up in that workflow as possible. One director may seem more expensive in the short term than an associate, but a well-hired director can actually own the work of multiple associates or managers in the short term, as well as take some of the mental load off of your plate, right? The workflow trickles up to that director, not to you. So if in the short term, and this goes back to what I was saying about thinking about organizing your roles in ways that fold urgency into long-term capacity, you can actually hire directors, and I did this for my first two director level hires, in the shorter term, in the six, first six to nine months that they were hired, they were doing some of the work of the associates that I eventually hired to support them. But they could own that workflow. They had the skills, they had the proficiency, they understood that part of their role as directors was ownership. And so they were hiring so I was hiring for support in ownership and I got execution. So that's the framework for bringing some order to the messiness of figuring out your next best hire. To recap, it's a four part framework. First thing you wanna do is zoom out and look at your whole organization, not just your current urgent needs. Second, you want to brainstorm and map the responsibilities in your organization, in the whole organization. What is all of the work that needs to be done? And you do this irrespective of who's already on your team because you're not actually mapping people, you're mapping responsibilities. Third, organize those responsibilities, group them, organize them into roles. And then finally, hire as much for ownership as possible. Now, if capacity is a big question for you, it's something you're navigating, definitely check out my Roadmap to Growth Capacity Assessment Quiz at richiebabbage.com backslash nonprofit growth quiz to see where you stack up against core capacity benchmarks and to get insight into where I recommend you focus to strengthen your capacity. And as a reminder, you can also get the HR bundle with all of the policies and documents and templates and all of the areas of HR, hiring, onboarding, everything at richiebabbage.com backslash HR bundle. That is it for this week. Have a great week and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, 
please share with your friends. Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five-minute read Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash leadership forward 321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.